You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am your host, Logan Bradley. You can find me on Twitter at Bear Down Bradley. The others who won't be with us today, Jack Wright. You can find him at Bear Down Jack. Patrick Sheldon. You can find him at P underscore Shells. And of course, our usual host, Mr. Ryan Dangle. You can find him at Ryan Dangle today. Similar to last week, I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Brendan Chagru, who as always can be found at Brendan Chagru. Brendan, how how we doing? I feel like last week went pretty well with the youngster podcast, and we're just let's just run it back. Yeah, it's kind of nice. the The kids can keep going, but I do miss mm-hmm. Jack. I miss Shells. I miss Ryan. I mean, we can take easy shots at them, and they can't be here to defend themselves, which is kind of fun, but. I do miss the guys, but it's always good to talk with you, especially since we can't have you on a normal post game show. When that's what I mean, I miss it's that. it's tough, especially yeah. when there's a lot to talk about, and especially last week when there's a win, yeah. but it kind of felt like a loss, and we're all talking about what the hell's wrong with Justin Fields and the passing mm-hmm. game. So it's kind of funny, like we we kind of talk after the storm like the calm after the storm a little bit so i'm excited to i'm excited to hear your thoughts on everything and also preview what's to come this week against the giants yeah it's it's tough missing those it's like but for also for the best probably because like when i'm working i'm literally trying to pay attention to most games so then i get to like kind of half pay attention to the bears games and get like the general gist of it so wouldn't be able to give like a my my full heart and soul into those thoughts, but I mean, I don't think you needed to be paying attention too hard to that game last week to know how frustrating it was. So yeah, yeah. I, I do have a question real quick. I mean, we won't go into details about what you do, but for somebody who ha- who has to watch the entire NFL, I mean, first of all, that's a great job to have. Oh, awesome. uh, that's amazing. But like, is it how hard is it to kind of keep track of everything? Like, you're essentially Scott Hansen having to watch and pay attention to everything that's going on. Like, what's that like? We haven't really talked about that. Yeah, I w- I would be so lucky to be Scott Hansen. That guy is the man. But no, luckily I we have a we have plenty of people. So during the day, we probably have like five to six people kind of all on a zoom or in just a like a room kind of what we call it the war room where we have basically every game on a huge tv which might i suggest that's the best way to watch football obviously but no i mean i like i you know i do social stuff so it's just covering the nfl and uh you kind of have your eyes on sort of specific games there's it's the more important games it's like similar to how everybody else watches football it's like unfortunately this past week i can't be like hey guys i got texans bears because it's like who within the grand scheme of thing things outside of us and the people listening to this podcast and texans fans really care about that but my god i do love my job it's so awesome because it just doesn't feel like work when you're sitting there on a sunday and you're watching football because i would be doing that anyway so it's it's great man that's awesome yeah 
no complaints from me. But before we get into things today, I, I did want to talk a little bit about buying a home, something that, let's be honest, I'm probably not going to be doing out here in LA. But hey, if I make myself back over to the Chicagoland area, I can think about uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Cadwallader. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home in the Chicagoland area, there is one person and one person only. That is Jeff Cadwallader with App Properties. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. And it's not about paying the highest price either. Contact Jeff today to learn more or visit genevajeff.com or you can call and text 630-254-4734. All right. I have a plea or an ask to all of our Chicagoland listeners. Guys, it's fall. We're starting to get into that chillier, crisper season. And maybe you're kind of thinking, all right, it's the end of 2022. You want to do something different. I'm kind of getting in this way. I've had the same hairstyle now going on five years. And I like my hair, but I'm starting to think maybe I should do something different. And maybe I should see someone different too. And so if you're kind of in the same boat, give our guy Will at Sheridan's Barbershop a call and schedule an appointment today. Do something different. See what Will can do for you with your hair at Sheridan's Barbershop. They're located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, and they've been serving the community for 68 years with six barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Visit Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Guys, do something different, okay? It's true. I have thought about that because I do keep the same hairstyle. Sometimes there's only so much you can do, but I bet if I went in there, I bet Sheridan's would, would know what to do with me. I, I bet they would. Because Sheridan's Barbershop is where traditional meets modern. All right, Brennan. We have to both fortunately and unfortunately preview a game between the New York Giants and the Chicago Bears. Before I kind of go into those key players on the Giants, I just want to ask you a simple question. And that, that question is, is this the worst game between two two and one teams in the history of the game of football. I don't think so. I mean, it might be close, but it can't be at this point. I mean, we've seen so many pretenders that are three and oh and three and one or something. So throughout the years, I mean, geez, remember the three and oh bears just two years ago? Mm, I do. (laughs) But yeah, that's fair. It's funny. This kind of feels like Groundhog Day because I feel like we were just talking about the same thing in terms of like the caliber of teams and each team's strengths and weaknesses. It it feels like it's the same story that we had just with the Houston Texans last year or last week. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. And now we have it with the Giants this week. So I'm expecting another similar just ugly game. But I, I know we'll get into it and talk specific questions in a minute. Yeah, I I definitely would see this being an ugly one. But the Giants, they did play on Monday Night Football. They lost to the Cowboys. In terms of offensively, what the Giants do, you obviously have Daniel Jones, who I I just like, I don't think that guy is the answer to much for the New York Giants. I feel like a lot of people would agree with me. But outside of him, weapons, it basically at this point comes down to running back Saquon Barkley, who everybody knows. 
They also have Evan Neal, an offensive lineman who they drafted out of, I believe, Alabama this past year with the seventh overall pick. They have Kadarius Tony, a receiver who was inactive last week, and I, I don't think that he's supposed to play this week. Wandale Robinson, another one who is inactive in weeks two and three, I don't believe he's supposed to play. <laughs> These two wide receiver groups, it, it is going to be, if you like watching wide receiver play and good wide receiver play and quarterback play for that matter, I don't know if Sunday is going to be for you. Brendan, considering kind of what is going on with the Giants, the healthy wide receivers being a, a Kenny Galladay, who is just, oh my God, I feel bad that they are paying him that money, but it's their fault. Richie James, David, David Sills, and Darius Slayton. What do the Bears defense have to do to find success on Sunday against this offense? Well, Logan, there's a guy by the name of Saquon Barkley that is literally pretty much the entire Giants offense. He's near the top in rushing yards, yards per carry. He's having a renaissance year, frankly. I mean, last year, coming back from his ACL injury that he suffered coincidentally against the Bears, it's been a rough road back for him, and he's really coming back strong. And if you stop Saquon Barkley, you stop the Giants' offense. There's really not much going on there, especially because you mentioned the injuries at wide receiver. Daniel Jones isn't having – he's having an okay year by Daniel Jones' standards, but I'll tell you – I'll give you this. He would be having a great year by Bears quarterback standards at this mm. point, sadly. Yeah. But you stop Saquon Barkley both rushing and receiving, you're going to have success against this Giants offense. Unfortunately, that's been hard to do because he's even when he's been bottled up at certain points, he eventually breaks through and gets the Giants on the board. So he's the guy, plain and simple. Yeah, no, absolutely. You got to stop the run game. And for me, I think – a big extension of that and something that if you watch Monday Night Football against the Cowboys, it's no surprise, but Daniel Jones is looking to run constantly. I mean, the Giants, I think, do design a good amount of plays for him to run. Like at this point in the season, I think he's on pace to run like 150 times, which probably won't end up happening. But he's a guy who immediately when things break down and they will break down again, because this is not exactly an exciting set of offensive weapons for the Giants. But for the Bears on Sunday, it, it's never as simple as you break it down this way. But I'd like to see the Bears just spying somebody on Daniel Jones almost at all times just because he's 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 sneaky fast, which, you know, we all know what that means um, in reality. But, yeah, he's a guy who can run. So I think if you're able to contain him, make sure that he doesn't get out of the pocket too much, then you'll be okay. When it comes to the Giants' defense, again, similar to the offense, pretty young. They have uh, two young pass rushers in Kayvon Thibodeau, who was the fifth overall pick this past year. They have Aziz Ojolari, who they took in the second round last year. Adoree Jackson, a decent cornerback. But uh, simply put, Cooper Rush posted a 98.2 passer rating against this defense on Monday. And I know Cooper Rush has looked decent, but I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. So um, the Cowboys combined for 176 rushing yards against this team. So needless to say, this is certainly a team that you can get right against, and you definitely would like to see some sort of improvement. I don't think that's really asking a lot from the Bears offense this weekend. So simple question to start off for you, Brendan. I kind of want to talk about just the offensive line for a second because I feel like that was a huge concern going into this year for the bears. What would you give? Just give me a, a letter grade for the bears offensive line so far this year. I guess I'll go B minus 
just considering. Yeah. So first of all, their run blocking is insane. Now, I don't know if you saw the Pat McAfee show breakdown of that big Khalil Herbert run. I'm sure you did, actually, because you're like the biggest Khalil Herbert stand out there. I so, love him. Yeah, I- I'm sure you I'm sure you've watched it. But just the holes that they're opening up for the Bears running backs are insane right now. And uh, you got to give a lot of credit to all those guys, even Sam Mustafer, with how they're run blocking. The pass blocking has been okay. I feel like at certain times there are players that have been breaking down. Larry Borum had a bad game, for example. We've seen bad games from Lucas Patrick when he actually rotates in. And, of course, pass blocking from Sam Mustafer, as well as the snapping issues. We've seen that. I think Cody Whitehair has been decent. Braxton Jones, especially for being a rookie, has been solid. You haven't heard his name been called a lot. So that's always good when it comes to an offensive line. So maybe I'll go B minus, maybe a B uh, because the pass blocking has been okay. But in terms of just the whole scheme as it is, I mean, I think we're, you have to be satisfied at least where with where we thought this team was going to be heading into training camp. It, it was ranked as one of the worst units. And I don't think you can say that now. No, definitely not. And for me, I almost, I would go in like B plus range just because when you consider that you haven't really had Lucas Patrick in the position that he was signed to play for this team and you've had Mustafer who has really struggled overall, we're a team that wants to run the ball. Sure, I want to pass the ball more, but we've been able to do that. And I think that's a lot of credit to the offensive line. Going a little bit different, I'm going to, I'm going to, kind of go off here a little bit, Brendan, and go with a little different question that I was going to give you. And what do you think, what what do you want to see from Justin Fields this weekend to once you start doing the post-game podcast on Sunday, you won't be just ripping your hair out. Like what, what does he need to do to just make you be like, okay, I can take a step back. He did this. Do the simple things correctly. And I guess when I say that, I mean, Just be quick and accurate with your passes. Actually throw within a certain time frame instead of just trying to tuck and run or scramble because it looks like he is getting time at, at, especially like for most of the game. I know there are times the protection breaks down. Some of those naked boots where the defender's already there spying him, ready to get him. That's tough in terms of trying to, you know, let the ball release. Potentially guys not getting open. There's some issues with separation, especially with Darnell Mooney. But when you're looking at like things like the all 22 film, and I will just admit, I'm not one of those like film junkie guys. I'm not trying to say that I am, but you do see guys that are open and you do see that he could have some of his reads are there. He's just not choosing to pull the trigger. So I want to see Justin Fields be more decisive, more accurate. And I guess just play with more confidence because we don't see it. And Frankly, I'm not sure if we're going to see it. I heard his press conference earlier in the day. It was a complete 180 from what we heard last week. And I know we don't want to give too much credence or credit to press conferences because guys are just talking. They're not playing. But you heard a really confident and animated Justin Fields last week after the Packers game. You didn't hear that today. It just didn't seem good. His his tone was off. That being said, I want to see him actually like proven on the field. He knows he played like trash. He's trying to fix those things. Just be confident. If you play with confidence, I think it's going to go a long way in showing us that, okay, like you're taking steps to rebound from where you, where you've been the last few weeks, because I've been very clear in saying, 
I think Justin Fields has regressed since his rookie year in terms of what I just said, in terms of confidence and anticipating different throws and all that. So that's what I want to see. And it's kind of, it's simple. I don't, and I think we're going to know when it actually happens. Like it's one of those things Mm -hmm. you can't see on a stat sheet, but you'll see it in real time. Yeah. The bears seem to find ways to crush the confidence of quarterbacks, but you said it, it's decisiveness. I I just, I want to see more of an attack. Like I'm, I'm fine watching Justin Fields make mistakes. Like if he throws a pick, but it's, I just, I want to see them attack matchups more like a one-on-one coverage. If you have that on the outside, I know Darnell Mooney isn't your prototypical number one wide receiver, like go up and get it type of guy, but set up, set up these matchups some way beat your guys who are way smarter than me and know the ins and outs of football set up matchups that you're able to attack one-on-one throw the ball and just see what happens but just try it i would rather see them trying to attack one-on-one matchups than just doing whatever the hell they've been doing now just play the game of football throw the ball at your playmakers and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but just Let's see something happen. Let's see something be tried. Please, Bears. Please, Chicago Bears. Please, Justin Fields. I'm curious as to what you think about Matt Eberflus saying, you know, we're, we're playing to win the game, and we saw a path to win the game against the Texans by running the ball, limiting those opportunities, like you said, to kind of attack the defense and give the ball to playmakers like that. So, I, I mean, the Bears have a chance to be 3-1, and one. And it could happen again where we see Justin Fields throw 20 passes for 130 yards and who knows, a touchdown or an interception. So, I mean, where do you kind of fall in that camp at this point where Matty Refluce is kind of going for those wins and just doing what it takes to win instead of seeing what Justin Fields has, can actually be capable of? I was definitely very interested by that quote because hearing that from a fan's perspective is obviously very frustrating because we're sitting here and we've been in this muck for so long and we've seen bad quarterback play. And all we want to do is see a quarterback be developed and and turn into this good player. Matt Everflus was not part of the regime that drafted Justin Fields. And that doesn't, that's not to say that he doesn't want to see Justin Fields develop and be better, but He's, he's here. He's the head coach of this football team to try to win games. And unfortunately, or fortunately, the way that you're probably going to win the game this weekend is by running the football a lot. So I don't think that this is going to be some breakout statistical week for Justin Fields. But generally speaking, I don't blame him for making that comment because like at the, at the end of the day, even over the development of your quarterback, your your goal as a football team is to win games. I don't think that there's too much of a benefit to really tanking at this point for the Bears. So I definitely thought those were interesting comments, but like, I guess for me, what else do you expect the head coach to say at this point? I don't know. It's hard because you that is your that's your job to win games. And I think some fans could probably rationalize it by saying, well, you have a lot more cushion because you're a first year head coach and you're really Mm. not supposed to be good yet. You're not supposed to be getting wins. This year is about development, but at the same time, like how are you going to tell a competitive coach? Like, Hey, we're within striking distance here, but we want to air it out with our quarterback who hasn't shown us that he can actually do it yet versus we have a great running game that we're going to utilize over and over again to make sure that we are in position to get the victory. I mean, 
it, it's it's kind of a no-win situation. And I do wonder how, and this is just very hypothetical, but like let's say the Bears do continue to rally off wins and it's on the backs of their running backs and Justin Fields isn't doing much. Suddenly we see a Bears team that's like six and two or seven and three or something. I doubt that happens, but oh, let's just say, imagine? let's just say that this yeah. team goes on a 2005 Bears run where the quarterback is doing next to nothing. The running backs and defense are carrying the load. Then how do you feel? You know, does it become then, hey, we actually have a chance to keep this going and we're handcuffing our quarterback? I, I don't know. I've just started to think about that. It's, it's funny seeing in real time how actually soft the Bears' schedule is because you read through it in the preseason and you're like, man, no, that's pretty easy. But then you go game by game. And I don't know, just me speaking, I kind of get caught up in that game and don't really try to think about who's next. But, I mean, you have the Giants. The Vikings are better than us at this point. The Commanders aren't very good after that. Patriots, no Mac Jones, probably still at that point. So it's like, yeah, the Bears could be a bad football team but still have a pretty – dang good record four weeks from now. And I don't blame Eberflus for coming in here and trying to win football games, believe it or not, because I do believe that is his job, which is the perfect segue into some predictions for this weekend. So I will read off the guys predictions who are, are not here today. Ryan Dengel has the bears winning this football game, 23 to 21, a close one. Patrick Sheldon has the bears being victorious 28 to 17, a little wider margin of victory. And then Jack along the same lines of Dangle winning 24 to 21. That is a Bears victory, just to clarify. So, Brendan, are you going in a similar direction as our three friends? I am. And I feel like it's very similar to what Ryan Dangle has, but just with a little bit of a twist, I'm going 22 to 20. 22 okay. is an interesting number. I just have a feeling there's going to be an interesting score. Maybe uh, it's just, mm. I don't know one of those. It's a giants bears game. Weird yep. things yep. happen. We saw Akeem Hicks score a touchdown or a two point conversion oh, a few years ago. We saw true. Tariq Cohen throw a pass for a touchdown. We saw a safety last year. We saw Robert Quinn break the record last year. Mm-hmm. Weird, weird things. I'm, I'm guessing. And that's a, uh, that's a tease for my bold predictions later in the week. Okay. Okay. I definitely see this being a weird game. And with an over under of 39 and a half, I, I like, I, I would suggest taking the under that's not going to be one of my betting picks that is coming up, but 13 to nine Chicago bears. Oh, just, just another disgusting, gross game that afterwards we go, we won, but at what cost, at what cost to my eyeballs and my ears and, and all of my other senses. That is the but, definition. That is the definition yeah. of the game that red zone forgot. Oh my God. This game will never be shown on red zone for more than two seconds. When like the bears are on the field after getting an interception and they have it on the eight yard line and then they kick a field goal. Oh, and that'll God. be about it. All right, moving on to our fantasy football portion of the show where we do our buys and sells. Let's start with a buy. I'll, I'll get us started here, Brendan. And my buy this week is Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Rashad Bateman. Coming out as a rookie last year, I, I you know previously worked at the Big Ten Network, so I was watching him a lot at Minnesota. And he, was, he seemed like a true alpha receiver, so I think I've been high on him for a while. But... He has an MVP quarterback and Lamar Jackson throwing to him. 
He had a 79% route participation week three, but didn't necessarily have as good of a game statistically with just two catches and 59 yards. This offense to me is just Mark Andrews is your number one. You know, he's a tight end, but he might as well be a wide receiver. And then Rashad Bateman, I think, is going to continue taking over that number two spot. So again, I think you look at talented players who are coming off a week where maybe they didn't do a whole lot. And I just, I believe in Rashad Bateman. I think he's going to continue to grow and he's in a pretty good scenario being the number two for a very good quarterback. So that is my buy this week. Brendan, who do you got? It's a good one. I have got Trevor Lawrence. And maybe this is too obvious, but Trevor Lawrence is quietly having a really, really good season. Mm -hmm. He's got six touchdowns, one interception. That one interception came in week one, by the way. So he's playing pretty much perfect football over the last two weeks. He decimated the Chargers defense. And I know they're they're banged up, but that was a really good defense heading into the year. And they've they've had some pretty solid games. I mean, Patrick Mahomes should have had like five interceptions in week two. So I think Trevor Lawrence is really on the up and up. I'm really happy with what Doug Peterson has done with him. And it's kind of one of those things where he could, he's kind of a fringe backup quarterback, but probably should be a starter at this point. If you have him, like I would keep him because quarterback injuries happen. And when they do, you're screwed. And then you're scrambling for, Matt Ryan and Daniel Jones on the, on the waiver wire. And nobody wants that. That'll be me when eventually I just have Joe Burrow. So I will be that guy scrambling for that. But no, I love that. It's, it's I'm glad to see Trevor Lawrence playing well, just because God, I don't have to explain why that situation in Jacksonville last year was just so terrible. It might've been because of a coach, but who knows? Um, all right. So my sell today is unfortunately it is a guy that I have on my main fantasy team. That is Denver Broncos running back Javante Williams. I think he's so, so talented. I think that he is so talented. He is so good. He's a bowling ball of a running back, but one who can also catch passes out of the backfield. I just, I think this boils down to, I've watched a couple of Broncos games now and that offense is just bad, which is not something that I thought was going to happen. I was similar to a lot of people thinking that, the Broncos offense with Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Javante, Melvin Gordon thought they'd be humming at this point, but they simply are not. And I think that's because Nathaniel Hackett is not a good head coach. I think he is kind of dumb. Um, and on top of that, Russell Wilson, even if Hackett is not creating the best game plans, I just don't think Russell Wilson looks very good either. I don't, I didn't think that he looked good his last couple of years with Seattle, but this is all beside the point. Nathaniel Hackett is kind of insisting on using Melvin Gordon, who I understand why you're going to use Melvin Gordon. I think he has some run left, but also guys like Mike Boone. Mike Boone was playing on third downs over Javante Williams last week, which just doesn't make sense to me. So I love Javante Williams, the player. I just don't know if the opportunity, the full opportunity to be that RB1 plus just offensive efficiency is going to be there. So I think the name brand of Javante Williams could get you a a solid return at this point. Well, I have him too, Logan. And that really, that upsets me. Yeah, you're right though. I mean, look, this Broncos offense is exactly what the Bears offense would have been if we had traded for Russell Wilson yeah. last year. Yeah, I, I did. I read, I forget if it was you or somebody else who said that, but it's so true. Yeah, I, I think it was, uh, I think a few people have said it, but I yeah. think the Barroom Network for sure. Um, that hurts me, but I get it. Uh, my cell is DK Metcalf, the Seattle Seahawks. 
Their passing offense isn't great under Geno Smith, but what I'm noticing is that Tyler Lockett is a much better fit in terms of his skill set for what Geno Smith has to offer. Tyler Lockett's route tree is a bit more refined. He can, you know, run a little more of those underneath routes for Geno to work with. And DK had his best game of the season this past this past week. I'm not sure how sustainable that is. And I think if you're going to choose one Seahawks wide receiver over the other, it's going to be Lockett over Metcalf. So Metcalf has a ton of name recognition, kind of like Javante Williams. Sell now while he's doing well, or at least has done well over one week, because I just think Tyler Lockett's the play if you're looking at Seattle wide receivers. I actually, and I play in like kind of a fun eight team league with my high school friends. So it's it's a shallow league and we don't have a lot of bench spots. I dropped DK Metcalf last week just because Jeez. I just needed, I just needed, I needed to like pick up other help. And I just think he's one of those headaches where it's like, you're going to get good weeks from him. But most weeks you're, you could be sitting on like a three catch 34 yard performance. So I just, yeah. I agree. It's not anything I really want anything to do with. Logan, I do have a bonus fantasy question for you. And I, I need love your it. advice. Okay, we'll do my best. I have, a, I have a trade proposal right now, and I'm somebody proposed it to me, and I'm debating on what I want to do. Okay. So this is a full point PPR. They're offering me Michael Thomas for Devin Singletary. How much do you need running back help? A little. Uh, I have... I have Javante Williams and I have Cordero Patterson and Dalvin Cook. So Cordero can do okay for me. I'm not worried about that. Javante could be okay. And keep in mind, this is one flex spot too. So deep benches, Mm -hmm. I haven't used Singletary yet, but he's starting to get a little more use. I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. If I, that is it. That is like, that is a pretty fair trade, I think, because I think it's a case of if you don't need, like, if Michael Thomas is expendable and the next man up is not that bad, I just, Devin Singletary is the most unsexy fantasy football player, right? I think, of any position, whether you talk about running back, wide receiver, tight end, but you just have to consider the fact that he's in probably the best offense in football. And he's the guy in that backfield that I think they, not, I think I know that they trust the most because I remember last year I drafted Zach Moss. He got no run whatsoever. And then this year I drafted James Cook. And I, I think that they probably want to get James Cook more involved, but I just don't see that really being a huge thing at any point this year. So you're probably, if you're trading for Devin Singletary, which I think if you need help at running back, I think I, I would do that trade just because I think he's going to continue to be a top 20 ish running back who is probably not going to provide you a ton of RB one weeks just because we know how much the bills want to pass, but he's, he's going to be a guy that you probably put in your lineup most weeks and don't really have to worry about. So personally me, I think I'm doing it. What side of the fence are you on right now? I'm just leery over Michael Thomas's injuries because of course he's hurt again and we don't know if he's going to play. We saw the emergence of Chris Olave last week. And that's um, another thing I was going to mention too. I was like, I love Chris Olave. Yeah. And I mean, you, you'd think Michael Thomas would still be one of those guys to just rack up catches, maybe not like a ton of yards like he used to, but you still have Jarvis Landry. If he's healthy, we mentioned Olave and there's questionable quarterback play in new Orleans as well. Like how much is yeah. James Winston actually going to be able to get the ball to Thomas? So it's one of those like, all right, two guys who are 
kind of, I guess more Thomas isn't living up to expectations when he's healthy, Mm -hmm. but it also seems like a pretty good buy low opportunity too. So I don't know. I guess I'm just worried because Dalvin cook also he's, he's hurt again. And it, it was the same damn thing when I picked him. I'm like, he's Dalvin cook's going to get hurt for a couple of weeks. I know he is. I don't feel good about making this pick, but I'm making it anyway. And here we are in week four. Yeah, there are some guys, specifically running backs, just that group of guys where you're like, I'm picking him and I'm going to get him for 13 games this year. And I just pray that those 13 games, some of those fall within the fantasy football playoffs if I make it there. So it's always always a tough call. And also going for it, guys, listeners out there, guys and gals, if you have fantasy football questions, whether that's people to start, sit, trade questions, anything like that, do not hesitate to tweet at us and we will be sure to try and answer those next week yeah we're, we're not right. experts but no we'll give you advice and hey if it backfires you can just blame us and then just yeah. say well the, these two idiots told us to do it yeah actually you know if it backfires don't blame us but if it works really well just give us a shout out on twitter and make sure that we are publicly praised because we're smart so simple how it works all right Moving on to betting, which I'm going to be honest with you, Brendan, I am excited yeah, to of read off last week's results. Of course you Okay, are. so we're going to start with my results. I happened to, I went 2-0. I went 2-0 last week. I, and you. not only, it was almost like a super 2-0 because my picks, if you took them, you didn't even have to sweat at all. Because I took the Eagles minus six and a half at the Commanders. They they beat the brakes off of them. And then I took the 49ers Broncos under 45 points. You could have just watched Sunday Night Football and had money in your pocket by like the second quarter with 10 minutes left in the game because no points were being scored in that game. So very proud of my 2-0. I'm excited to follow up on that. Brendan, I'm sorry, he went 0-2. After his, I will say he went 2-0 last week. So yeah. he's 2-2 on the year. I'm four and two on the year. Brennan last week went Bills Dolphins over 53. That's screamed under and 49ers minus one and a half, which, yeah, I can't blame you for that one. That game was just that game was, was stupid. Anyone who watched stupid. that game should just have three hours added back to their life. Yeah, <laughs> not, not bitter at all. Not bitter at all. <laughs> all right. All right, Brennan, lead us off this week. What is your first pick? My first pick is Browns Falcons over 49 and at first you might be thinking that sounds disgusting and i totally get it but then you realize atlanta has scored over 25 points in all three of their games 26 27 27 the browns also 26 points 30 points 29 points and you know what logan these are two teams we talk about when weird things happen weird things happen With these two teams, you talk about the pitchy, pitchy woo-woo between the Browns and the Steelers last week on Thursday, their debacle against the Jets the week before, the Falcons coming out of nowhere against the Rams in week two, staging a comeback in week one. This is a game, I will admit, you're probably going to be sweating until like the final five minutes, but points are going to come after that point. It's going to get weird, and that over is going to cash. I feel very confident about that. I like it. I like it. All right. My first pick is going to come from Thursday Night Football. And this is, mm, I just, I know that this is a trap line. I'm looking at the Dolphins being plus four, having beaten the Bills last week, having looked pretty good. I have the Dolphins plus four over the Bengals on the road this week. 
you can call it a trap line because usually when I feel out these, I'm like, oh, Vegas knows something. And I think something to do with it is the uncertainty with Tua's health at this point, probably. But I think it sounds like he's going to play. And if he's playing, I just I just love the Dolphins plus four points. Call it a line that, uh, at least to me, just doesn't make sense. But I'm going to go with my gut here and believe what I've seen from them. And also, I just I don't think the Bengals are as bad as they were the first two weeks, but uh, they, they took care of the Jets, and I don't think that should really earn them too much respect. Um, the Dolphins' defensive line isn't the most formidable, but I just think about anybody can get to Joe Burrow with that line. So, grin and bear at Dolphins plus four. Uh, Brennan, what is your second pick? My second pick is the Cowboys minus three against the Washington Commanders. I know it's a divisional game. I know the Cowboys are starting backup Cooper Rush again, but we just talked about it. Cooper Rush looked really good. That offense was humming. I think when you actually get Tony Pollard in over Ezekiel Elliott, good things happen. CeeDee Lamb should have had like 200 yards. Would have been nice. I would have cashed him over if he caught a few more passes. Wasn't his fault or wasn't Cooper Rush's fault. But Washington just does not seem like a good team right now. We saw the the graphic that was going on uh, from last week where they had like, what, one net yard when the Eagles had like 280 at one point. They had two points that their only points was a safety for so many, so many minutes of the game. I think Dallas is actually finding their groove with Cooper rush. And I just think that minus three is an, an easy play for me. They have looked not too bad. Cooper rush has earned himself some money for sure as at least a competent backup, but you kind of explained my second pick for me in a way. So I thank you for that, Brennan, but I am going to the commanders Cowboys game as well. And I'm taking under 42 and a half points. And it's another one of those where it's, I just don't think there even needs to be that much explanation. It's a divisional game, which usually when you have divisional games, those are games where you want to look under because Typically, those teams know each other. They know what they want to do offensively. On top of that, again, you have Cooper Rush, who, yes, we just gave him credit. He has looked good and like fine for what you want from Cooper Rush. I still don't think that he's going to be lighting up any scoreboard. And then Carson Wentz is going to be absolutely harassed by Micah Parsons this weekend. I just Carson Wentz will panic with just about anything, but I think his life will be miserable that sure that could even lead to a a pick six or two, which is never good for the under, but I'm going to trust these two quarterbacks, these two teams, and I'm going to go under 42 and a half. I feel really good about that one. So excited to go to and zero this week and Brennan, maybe, maybe, Maybe you can get a win this week. You know what? Again, two and all the week before, <laughs> but you're scaring me now because this is this is the exact same trap I fell into last week where I took the uh, I took the favorite with the 49ers. You came back and took the under, and then what happened? Just a stupid, stupid. I didn't game. even think of that. Yeah, yeah that I did. Is... <laughs> but <laughs> you make a really good point that I meant to make about Carson Wentz just being harassed by the Dallas defense. This is a game where Carson Wentz. I've I'm not wishing injury on anybody. But I feel like he's going to sprain an ankle or something like this. Yeah. It just screams that with just how much he's going to be under pressure. Yeah. I mean, look, we everybody out there have we've all watched some bad quarterback play, but I just I pray we never see Carson once in a Bears uniform. Oh, my God. Just that's that's the ultimate nightmare, I think, for me. But all right. Well, we're going to get out of here. This is this has been fun, Brendan. Let's 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 keep this up. I love having Jack on here as well. I love being able to talk to the boys, but you and me, let's this is a good time. 
It's a fun, it's really fun. Like I enjoy like yeah. the Bears banter. It's a midweek. You know what this is? It's kind of a midweek cleanse because we are so just, you know, on edge after Bears games during the post game. And it's fun. Like talking with everybody's mm-hmm. fun. But this is like, okay, we're in the middle of the week. There's hope. It's kind of relaxed. And we can talk a little more about fantasy and betting. So I enjoy it as well. Absolutely. And you know what, everybody? All other things aside, don't forget that the Bears have won two of three football games to start the year and they have a chance to go three and one. All things aside, I know there are plenty of things to complain about, but if you find yourself three and one on Sunday, take a moment. If I'm saying if take a moment and enjoy that for everybody at the Bear Down Chicago podcast for Jack Wright, for Brendan Chagru, for Ryan Dangle and for Patrick Sheldon. I am Logan Bradley. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, again, we cannot say enough how much we appreciate it. And as always, bear down, Chicago.